You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Tex Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? We are back with another episode. Another episode. So this on, this episode, we got something a little bit different. Uh, I had been looking for a good bankroll strategy, and I just had I had not run into anything that I kind of loved. I kind of got a little bit from Crush Live Poker. Uh, Red Chip really kind of increased my idea of what I wanted, but I couldn't uh, nail it down. Because you can tell me your thoughts in a sec, Tyler, but my thoughts are if you're a winning player, you have your separate poker bankroll, and over time it's just going up. So as... I'm trying to get my uh, thoughts together. The uh, as it goes up, like your it starts to overshadow your bank account because you know, like I have a job, I make obviously more money at my job than I do playing poker. The problem being is all my bills and everything is still comes from that account, so that account is kind of stays stagnant or grows a little tiny bit over time. Whereas the poker bankroll, all it does is grow. Well, there comes a certain point where in you want to play bigger games and, you know, start to get better. But there is a certain point where it becomes kind of weird when your poker bankroll is overshadowing your regular bank account. And I hadn't found anything that really I loved. Uh, what are your thoughts on just kind of this like this thing happening? Because I know it's happened to you, too. Well, whatever was happening to me was whenever I... But it, I think it all depends on your goals with poker. Whenever it was happening to me, it was when my goal was to move up in stakes, right? So if you go and take out, you know, a couple thousand dollars out of the poker bankroll, it then limits the stakes that you could play, right? So if I'm trying to move up, if I went and took money out, all of a sudden now I couldn't move up in the stakes because my goal was to try to get as high a stakes as possible, try to beat the highest stakes I could kind of thing. And for a while it was going, you know, pretty well, but you would win and lose so much money in comparison to your normal bankroll. It did feel weird or not your normal, your normal um, checking account. Um, but for me, I think it's all just based on your goals, you know? So for me, that was the goal. So it didn't seem that weird. Yeah. And I think both me and you at that point, cause we were both doing the same thing. We really just used the poker bankroll just for the poker bankroll. Uh, I did use mine as kind of an emergency account. Well, I mean, when that emergency happened, I mean, your options were super limited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like uh, my car needed uh, a lot of rework on an engine that was super costly. And I tell you what, when you when it comes to having a car to get around, all of a sudden, all that bankroll becomes uh, the same. But like I say, it just comes over time. And like you can kind of think like, well, like obviously like someone like Mariano, he was playing like 1-3 probably, what, five years ago? It was a, uh, obviously, some of his poker bankroll is gone. Because he's definitely not playing, you know, 5100 buying in for $100,000 uh, if his, you know, normal checking account was like five grand because just all his bills come in. So there is a certain point where you kind of have to, and like any other poker pro that uh, does it professionally, well, 
they're doing it to pay bills. I mean, they definitely aren't just doing it to, they can't not pay rent with it and everything. So I was having an issue, and my issue was not only that the poker bankroll was getting bigger, kind of overshadowing the bank account to quite a, to kind of a stupid degree, but when I wasn't taking money out, well, you know, that checking account, obviously now I've got to do other things to increase it. I've got to work more. I got to do more overtime. I got to work other jobs and everything like that, which is at that point is then taking away from the poker, correct? Right. Definitely. I'm, I mean, I'm very unaffected by my bankroll compared to my checking account cease to care, but, um, I mean, but if you need to pay bills and your checking has no money, I mean, that definitely is a problem. I was about to say, I was like, you, you're unaffected to a certain degree, but the, the minute, uh, well, I guess it depends. So you're saying as long as you have money to pay your bills, like if you had 4000 at the end of the month and your bills came to like 3000 or whatever, but your poker bankroll is like 30000 you wouldn't care just I mean, because... Like your poker bankroll is. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't care. I mean, I was. I mean, the ratio was way more drastic than that at the time. And um, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, ceased to care because again, that money's not meant for that for me. It was meant to. I mean, it was made playing poker. It was, you know, that money is separate. I wouldn't use it to buy anything anyway. I'm using it only to move up in stakes. So it's not even like an option. If I have the money to cover my normal bills, I cease to care. So, okay, but obviously if you're... I mean, if my house burned down, I mean, sure, then I would have to buy using the money. Yeah, so you would basically be just more comfortable just using it as like an emergency... Like, like you said, it would be an emergency fund. Right, but I wouldn't like, feel obligated to work any extra overtime or get another job because my poker bankroll was big. <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean, <laughs> like, but you want your... Like, obviously you don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck, barely making it either, right? Right, but I'm not, right? <laughs> so but I'm saying, like, when I'm not, <laughs> right, I'm not. So I don't care how big my poker bankroll is. Okay. Like, for me... <laughs> I was like, but I so, am okay, living paycheck okay, to paycheck. But there would be a limit, right? No, there's no limit. I don't okay, care. so let's say the poker bankroll gets to, like, $100,000. Okay. Sure. Just for, sorry, just for uh, kicks giggles, and giggles. Yeah. Uh, not there yet. Or else we're not, we're not playing. We're not over there playing one, two. Uh, but, uh... Let me see. What am I? In your checking account is, let's say it's, you know, sitting at four thousand dollars. Obviously, you can't. I mean, you would have to at a certain point. Would you just not give a shit at all? I mean, I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I already told you earlier. That I literally don't buy anything. I mean, <laughs> I mean, almost nothing. That is but... true. <laughs> I mean, uh, you are. You're not wrong. So, I mean, but I, I mean, I would use that money though, the poker bankroll to move up in stakes, but I, I'm see, I'm sure what you're saying. Like, I mean, at a certain point working your job though would take away from the poker, which then you would need to take out money to cover the job to then play more poker. I could see that being true. Yeah. I guess I, I mean, there's a, yeah, to that degree, if you have a hundred thousand dollars, you're playing poker where you're making more money than your job. So yeah, if you're. If you're spending 40 hours a week at your job, you know, making way less, you would kind of have to at a certain degree. Or, like, there would be a certain point where the money you make at your job is so little compared to the poker that it wouldn't make sense, right? right? Exactly. But I'm saying if my, you know, if I had, you know, 30x my checking account, I don't care. I mean, 
that money, you know, if that money went away, I'd still be making the bills, no problem. It'd be because I use poker as the same, like, you know, it's kind of that hobby and side hustle, but you know, the goal of the side hustle for me is to move up in stakes to try to get less of a side hustle, more of a main source of income kind of things, trying to press that boundary. Okay, but you would hit a limit where it's hit your main source of income. <laughs> I mean, I would hit a limit to where I could quit my job. I mean, well, I guess, yeah, I guess so. I guess that would be a, that would be the winner. But okay, say so for me, like, I guess everybody has to do it differently based on what their goals are and what their preferences are. It w- it kind of got weird as far as the poker bankroll increasing, but I still wanted to, like you said, increase in poker bankroll. I didn't want to go back. You know, I still want to play bigger games and all that. Uh, and I wasn't getting to play as much poker because other things were, you know, you have to work and do all that. You know, you have to... You, make the bills and you still want to see that checking account grow i mean you don't want to just just stagnate oh no 100 percent. i mean because you gotta think like you know poker at the end of the day for you and i is a hobby right so you gotta make sure i mean you still have to be able to pay the bills like as if your hobby was playing pool or playing video games or you know whatever watching movies i mean you still gotta be able to pay your bills so i couldn't really limit get a percentage of what i want to do like i couldn't get a percentage of what would keep growing the poker bankroll and also keep like what I want, you know, keep funding the bank account as well. So, because if you do just a percentage of your wins, well, I then mean, it's a, it becomes a huge percent because the losses are, you're not taking a percentage of your losses out. So, if you're doing 25% of your wins, well, it ends up being like 50% of on there. But you had a great idea. Right. So my idea, I'll just break it down for everyone, was, okay, so if your goal, okay, wait, wait, so let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. So right now you're working another job, right? Because you wanted a little bit of extra money. We both can agree that that extra job is taken away from poker. Correct. Right. Obviously working a lot of hours, making pretty good money doing that. But, but you were saying that the goal would be to obviously pay the poker and make the money. So my thought was what would be the, the bankroll for a one, two or one, three player to not go broke? What would that number be? Would you say what, what did we always say? Would it be 10 buy-ins or 20 buy-ins? What's the normal number that we, we would go with? So my theory is if you can't move down in stakes, you need 30 buy-ins. Okay. So whether you're playing one, two or one, three, so let's just say 30 buy-ins at, one three, whatever whatever your buying amount is going to be, get that amount, and since you're not going to since especially where we live, you can't really move up in stakes that easily. Like there's like kind of the off game where you, it's almost more of a shot take than it is moving up in stakes really. Like when I was playing at eighty eight and they had the five five ten game or whatever, would the big get five five game going all the time? That was more of a move up because we're playing it every week, multiple times a week, right? Well, and not everybody's from Texas, so let's clarify that for a minute. Oh, because okay. it's like a so the way Texas goes is there's basically one three, and then there will be a five five or five ten, like like Tyler says here and there. So it's not like Vegas. Like you would do this differently in Vegas. Like you would go from stake. Like you'd go from one three to two five to five ten to ten twenty, and all that. Here, I think the best way to move up is you more... It's not so much increasing the stake as increasing the buy-in. 
Right. And then at a certain point, you can increase the stakes when it's, when that game's available, like you right. said. But it's not an everyday thing. So my point was, though, what you could do instead of, because the job is taking away, have a certain number for your bankroll to be at. So I don't know what number you pick, but for fun, we'll just call it $20,000. Okay. Sure, whatever. So let's just say you. So let's say you have a little bit more than twenty thousand right now. I don't know if you do or if you have less. But so we're just making up numbers. Yeah, but yeah. We're gonna but, say twenty thousand. Let's say I have twenty four thousand, just so we can kind of okay. make it clear for the listener. Sure. So you have twenty four thousand. My thought was, since there's not really a chance to move up in stakes, but you're crushing the one three game, no problem right now. What you could do is take. I think we agreed like twenty five percent of your winnings. That was what we agreed to, yeah. So my thought was 25% of whatever you win goes into your checking. Everything else, the 75 goes back into the poker bankroll. But if you lose, 100% comes out of the poker bankroll. But if you drop below um, 20,000, we'll have that be the set number. 100%, so let's say now you're not 19,000 and you win 800, that whole 800 would go into the poker bankroll until you're back to 20,000 to keep you from going broke, right? Because at the end of the day, that's the thing, right? You don't want to go broke. 100%. So basically, anytime you're above 20,000, you're taking 25% of the wins, which you're still growing your bankroll. It's just a little bit slower, but you're also, you know, kind of supplementing having no extra job. And you're probably, and you're also able to play more because oh, you, yeah. now you have extra money that you don't, that like I say, whether it's overtime or so, or doing an extra job or doing whatever, you're like I say now you don't have to do that. You can actually play more. So it's growing your poker bankroll slower per your win, but you might be able to play more, and there are more wins. So it'd be kind of close, right? Well, it's like one of those things. Right? I told you wouldn't well because right. So like let's say even if you're making more hourly at your other job it's only so much more than you would make playing poker. So then really you're working a job you definitely don't like as much as playing poker for the difference in the hourly. Correct. Right? So that's when you kind of got to decide what's worth it or not. That, that yeah. was kind of what I was kind of getting at. So I, I really like that idea, though, for someone in your exact situation who, like me right now, I'm on more of a downswing, so I need to be, you know, holding all my money. But you in your spot, you need to be, or not, you don't need to be, you, it makes more sense for you to supplement your income and just kind of coast on that one three. And just like we always say, if you have a money printing machine, don't mess up your machine. Right. Right. So that, that's what I kind of thought. I thought that would fit your exact situation and bankroll really well. I, when, like I was trying to find a way to, uh, to do this and I like I was floating around and I've really kind of changed my whole bankroll strategy there's a there's a red chip poker uh video it's a 15-2 bankroll strategy and I'm not going to go into it it's too much to explain here but it's definitely worth it but it basically the gist of it is is you can be more aggressive because if you can go down in stakes it's more like an online thing yeah if you're because if you're at 510 and you have 30 buy-ins, well, you actually have like 100 buy-ins. Because if you went down, well, you'd go to 2-5. So now you have more buy-ins at 2-5 than you did 5-10. You have at 1-3. So you basically have like 100-something buy-ins. Uh, so I was kind of playing with that. But, yeah, I was trying to find something where I could basically grow my bankroll but also kind of supplement 
my uh, income. And I haven't, I tell you what, for all the strategies and videos I've seen, like I've been a, a, a member of a lot of training sites, everything's been very vague. Well, I think a big thing though is a lot of the videos and training sites are from the point of view of someone who's trying to do it professionally and less of like someone like you and I, um, where we make our bills from our main job anyway. So where this would be more of like that supplement instead of trying to make it your full-time thing. But even more so if you're doing it professionally, you need to find, you need to find a way to kind of grow it and supplement your income. Cause I mean, that is your income. So, and you, cause you couldn't take everything out or else you'd go broke. Correct. I mean, if you take everything out, you're already broke. Yeah. Well, I would say <laughs> so. take all of your winnings out. If you take, if every time, if you have $20,000, and you take all of your winnings, all your losses come out of the poker bankroll, and all your winnings go into your checking account. Eventually, I mean, your checking account is going to look good, but your poker is going to be horrible. Uh, on the other, on the split side, if you're constantly putting everything into your bankroll, well, you can never have a job. I mean, you have to you have to support your life in some way, form, or fashion, even if you are a pro. I know Jonathan Little was saying what he did way back when was try to live as cheaply as possible and grind your basically all your money up so much to where your bills are just a small part of your bankroll to where it doesn't make a dent, but easier said than done, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like it's an awesome theory if you're, you know, a hyper winner, but you know, from I mean, a, yeah, but, but that's kind of what you were saying though, with that point though, like if your bankroll gets so big, I mean, your bills might end up being a very small portion of that to where it makes no sense to sink 40 hours at your job. So, yeah, well, I mean, for that to happen, you would have to grind it up to a point where you're making such a huge hourly that it wouldn't. That's what we want for you. Yeah. I mean, I I tell you what, this year's been great or whatever, as far as that, as far as taking that next step, whereas last year was a a kind of a ladder of two rungs down. But yeah, it was once you said it, and like I say, we'll kind of go over it again because it was kind of it is complicated well when do you think you'd start implementing it if you're going to try it oh i already did like on the <laughs> like on like on the last last the uh last time we played i uh that's when i first implemented it okay nice nice and so but yeah basically as long as you have an amount that you don't go broke at say like let's say if you're at one three and let's say you say nine thousand dollars that's th- that'd be three hundred dollars uh 30 big blinds. Let's say you it's 9,000 and you have 13,000 in your bankroll. You basically take, we chose 25%. It's kind of an arbitrary number. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely depends on, I mean, just so many factors. I mean, yeah. what you're trying to do, how much you're winning. So, but you take whatever you win, take 25% of that and put it to your bank account. Take the 75% it just goes right back into your bankroll. So you are increasing over time if you're a winning player. But you are whilst actually supplementing. And then if you ever hit, hit 9,000 or go below, let's say you have a huge losing streak and you were at 92 and you lost 1200 now you're at 8000 now all your wins go to that poker bankroll until it's built back up so i this is something you told me and the minute you told me i was like that's what i need to be doing that's a great idea yeah and as far as i know i just thought about i mean i just <laughs> it just came to me <laughs> yeah it's a uh, and i had like say i kind of thought like fooled around with all kinds of different things i wanted to try but 
It's the, the person, it just didn't seem to ring exactly what I want. Well, and plus for me, I've never thought about that or done that because the goal was to move up for you. The goal is to supplement your income, which makes me think that that's why that strategy I feel like would be way better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it's all dependent on what you, what your goals are. So, but like I say, that's something I'm going to try. I mean, you, like you say, you're still going to have everything going to your bankroll. So it's, there's different ways to do it, but I, you thought of this idea and I thought this was good for both me and like, I think a lot of our listeners more than average might be winning players just because if you're taking your time to listen to poker podcast in your off time, you're probably at least some type of a thinking player. And if they were looking for something like this, I was like, well, we definitely should share this. Yeah, definitely. So we actually, this week ended up playing at Texas card house and I got to see the new room and it's massive. It's one of the bigger ones. Now it's a, they have a ton of tables in there. It's, I, I like the, I like how they remodeled it a lot. I mean, definitely makes going to the cage and just everything so much better and just so much faster. Yeah. Uh, if I had one complaint, I like the uh, poker rooms that have a pool table and they have a massive amount of time where they're not going to be using most of those tables unless they're running like a big series. I would have liked to see like one or two, two less tables and ha like have a pool table. But outside of that, I thought the room looks really, really great. Absolutely. Did you have any interesting hands from last night? Uh, yeah, it's a, so we get in on the table. I think it's a, fa it's a fairly, it's not a bad table. It's a very aggressive table. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and it was pretty busy there. I was surprised. They had like three or four tables full with it, like three or four of us waiting. So, yeah, I think Texas card house is now getting, I mean, just massive. Yeah. A lot of action compared to like, I would say them spades and maybe like elite are the kind of the places that people go to for the most part. No. Yeah. And they, they're the ones who are still doing the time game. So I'm loving that they're doing well as well. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, I've got a huge take on that as well, but well, I'm gonna, we're going to save that for next podcast. We'll leave that as a teaser. Uh, so the first hand I get, I have pocket nines. There's a straddle to six and there's one call for the straddle. I raised to 20 with 9-9. Nine, nine. Uh, the straddle and the limper call. The flop is a 7-4. Uh, rainbow, I believe. So on this, it checks all the way around. Uh, pocket nines, there's no reason. I guess you could say I could bet here since this uh, flop hits my range more than it does theirs. But I think it's kind of hard to get value from worse what do you think here um i i mean this table was so call happy i think you'd just be burning your money yeah well if it's call happy i think i might be mo more likely to be ahead from a call but i don't know that ace is there so many people play like especially at these uh, yeah, yeah i guess you're saying just like people call with like even ace off ace oh, four off type I mean, deal right is that your point yeah 100 percent. that's okay. exactly what i'm getting at and i think you bet i think they're just gonna call okay i gotcha uh so it goes check 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 i think i have a decent showdown value and it's hard to get value from worse the turn is a queen uh not a great card for me 
So it ends up going, it, but it ends up checking around again. Uh, the river is a four pairing the board. It goes check, check, and the late position player bets 35. Uh, comes to me. My theory here is I think he bets a, he was the last position. I think he bets an ace on the flop or turn almost always. I think it's hard to see him checking a queen after everybody checks all the way to him on that turn. And it's kind of hard to have a four here. So I make the call, and he shows king jack for a busted straight draw. Yeah, see, I, I like this play a lot because I think, especially for me, um, probably one of my leagues is like I just kind of get into automatic mode sometimes I think this would be one like would be easy it's not a giant pot but easy just to kind of be like well he has to have something I fold you know just whatever just kind of give a quick give up but the thought process here is you know really solid and led to a I mean all these pots I mean matter in the long run so this I think is a really good one yeah I was because, like I said, I think sometimes I just go into automatic mode and just snap all that, and not even not even give it a second of thought, even though the logic is, you know, not impossible to keep up with. So, um, yeah, like I, said, I think I could get there, but I mean, just just a quick give up and not really break it down. So I like to see. I thought that was a really good, um, well thought out, good call. Well, I'm curious on like where you go automatic because. If anything, you have way more hero calls in your range than I do. Like, yeah, so but mold, like you said, it was multi-way as well, right? So a lot of times it's multi. I'm just so you're basically so your hero calls are usually coming like heads up. Yeah, it's a okay. That's that's fair. I was just wondering because I was like, it's not like you're you know not known to call light here and there. So uh, no, I was like that. Even if I'm not good, I still like that call. So it's a uh, the uh, there was another one. This is kind of an interesting one. Uh, I raise, I'm under the gun. I have ace, queen of clubs. It's 1-3. I raise it to 15. There's one call about middle position. A small blind makes it 80. What do you think is the best route to go here? A fold. <laughs> I mean, it's a giant three bet for $15. I thought so too, but it's not, I don't think. Okay, break that down. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, so we're looking at fit the normal three bet is three times the bit, the blind, right? Oh, how many callers were there? I guess one. I, okay, go ahead. So his like if you're in the blinds and you're out of position, the normal is four. Because at first I was thinking the same thing. Well, four times fifteen is sixty. You add fifteen for the uh, field caller, which is most everybody's rank. And I was like, well, it's 75. And I almost folded, and then I was like, well, if somebody is with it enough to know that they should size up in a blind in a blind situation where they're out of position, and to make this a very correct sizing, I think they can also be three-betting lighter here, too. Was my, was my reasoning for making the call. Was this a player that you think, because um, sometimes, like I said, you could find this reason, but you know, if it's the player who's been drinking all night, he might just be sizing up. But um, like, I don't, I don't remember. I don't even remember this hand. I don't even know what player this is. At, but 
uh, he's directly to your left. I mean, I kind of tried to figure out that, but it was still fairly early in the session, so I don't really, I didn't really have a ton of uh, stuff on him. I mean, he was an Asian guy, which leads me to think that they will three bet lighter more often than not. It leads me to think it could have been anybody at the table other than me and you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, just, I mean, like every now, in poker, you sometimes, you have to stereotype to a degree and more than, more likely. Uh, But I really don't have any information on this player. Uh, I make the call. I decide I'm going to fold all my ace-queen off and call my ace-queen suited here. Yeah, like I said, I think more than likely I fold here. It's also very dependent on stack size, but... Yeah, it's a... The... So the uh, field caller folds, and it goes uh, heads up to the flop with me in position, so that's really nice. Uh, The flop is ace-eight-three with two hearts. He leads out for a super small sizing of 35. Super easy call. Yeah, uh, a raise I think is not going to... Anything that calls a raise is going to be bad for me here. Uh, And I'm ahead of a a lot of things here as well. Because, well, kind of what I was saying was like, I just think a lot of times, um, like it might not be a thinking player as much as it hinders betting his really good hands a lot. That's kind of more my thought. I think you might be breaking it down like that, but I'm not sure if he is that same player. But I also don't remember who it was. So, But that was just more my thought, like at the one three one two games. A lot of times, like, just good hands, bet big. But Yeah. it's a, But I'm never folding here. I'm never raising either, so I'm just calling. Yeah. I did think of raising just because it was so obscenely small in the pot. Because he's bet 35 into 175. But I so I did think of raising for a minute, but I was like, well, what am I trying to get called by? Yeah, and you're in position here, so I I'm loving the call here. Yeah, that's what I decided. I don't I don't hate the call. I did think of raising, but I don't hate the call. The turn is a five offsuit, basically kind of a huge blank for how this hand's playing out. Uh, so the flop is ace eight three two hearts. The turn is a five. Uh, he checks. I think I'm betting kind of small here, maybe, or checking. So, like, if you check, you want him to bluff the river, and you just snap call basically anything very reasonable. Um, I would think I'd bet kind of small here, too. I mean, he just bet 35. I might keep it, like, 55, like something small to keep him in there because it seems like he's trying to fold. Yeah, I might have. I think this is a little bit too much. I did. I bet 125. Uh, well, he's folding, right? Anything that you beat... Yeah, it was so it was one eighty, one sixty, one seventy five, and then seventy. So bet I bet about half pot. Uh a lot of my bets here would be around mm, and three bet pot, probably not. This is probably a little bit much. Yeah. I like I don't I think I would have liked a bigger bet than fifty five on what can be a draw heavy board sometimes. What Although are the? Not, I would say, what are the draws? Uh, two hearts. I mean, yeah. not unlikely with given this flop because I think it would think the ace was ace of hearts. Yeah. But uh, but I and it doesn't seem how he plays this. Like it seems like he'd be a he'd bet turn with a draw. Well, and plus you always preach to me that like in a heads up three bet pot, very unlikely they're on a flush draw. Yeah, it is. So, so uh, yeah, like I think I like um a small bet here or check and then snap calling the river. Agreed. I think this, 
I, I mean, it's not a huge bet. It's only half pot, but it is a big bet for this game. And it's a lot of actual money in a 1-3 game kind of thing. Yes, yeah, what I mean. Like a big yeah. bet for the game yeah. type deal. Uh, so I think the bet is too big. I bet 125. He folds. So I think 55 would be obscenely small in this pot. I was thinking like 75-80 maybe. Yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, you want to call. I mean, I feel like he has something obviously under he's under an ace, right? Or he's uh, completely whipped and just folding anything, so. Probably so, yeah. I mean. I guess he could have, like, ace five. Ever people like to, you know, well, I definitely don't want him to have ace five. I was about five. to that, say. That I turn would have been super sad for me. <laughs> I was like, you would, I mean, he's not folding. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's not folding 125. Uh, so, a little, probably a well, I think the hand was played decently. I think you could exploit exploitatively fold ace queen uh, clubs on that three bet sometimes, but I think it should be a call most of the time. I'll go with that. Uh, and I think the river we need to exploitate by betting smaller. You mean the turn? Or the, you said river. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the turn. I I'm need to bet. Like, do we even get to the river? No, we did not. So <laughs> the turn should be a smaller bet. After he's shown weakness for two streets, uh, even a half pot size bet is a little much. So... Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think it should be a smaller bet on that turn. Uh, this, I got one more. It's kind of an interesting hand, I guess. Uh, I think I'm in fairly early position. I have ace, eight of hearts. I raised to 20. There's six callers. You wonder how this comes. It's flop, six, seven, three, rainbow. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Checks the late position. Who bets 35? I'm wondering if I got... I remember 35 being obscenely small in this pot. I, mean, I have two overs, backdoor straight draw, and maybe it was a backdoor nut flush draw. I decide to peel. Do you think that's a good decision or not? No, but... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it's like... Point taken. Multi-way. I mean, <laughs> it's like, and I have got all running runners now, but I mean. It could You're be, probably right. I, I mean, mean it could be 35 fun. to 150, 155, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty, pretty rough. Uh, I do call, and there is one other call. The turn is an ace. Of course. Of course. I mean, uh, I checked. The other guy checked. He bet the, the uh, last player bets 50. Kind of concerning to show strength twice when this ace hits. Uh, but obviously, if once I turn this ace, I'm still I'm definitely here. I call, and then the other player behind me calls. Also concerning. <laughs> I mean, remember when I said I liked folding and not peeling? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. This, I mean. But again, now we're looking at, this is another tiny bet. Because you remember 35 was tiny into that pot, and it got called two ways. Now it's 50 into like, 220 or 230 maybe more actually the more i'm looking at it so it's another tiny bet i definitely can't hit an ace and then for the tiniest bet be like mm -mm. so but i am concerned because <laughs> i could river an eight <laughs> yeah uh yeah no kidding uh river is a queen it checks around and i show down and i'm good just kind of a weird, I mean, it was a weird peel that worked out and kind of a weird betting sequence. I honestly, I think they, they were both said they were on draws. So, but it's uh, but yeah, it was kind of my uh, my session. <laughs>
Very weird that they did not bet the misdraw at the end there. Put you in kind of a spot bet, like pot. A, a river bet, definitely. Well, and I considered the player that made the bet. Well, I considered him. He looked kind of like pro-y. Like, I mean, he had the he bought in for big. Seemed to like he might know what he's doing. But now looking at the way this hand played out, I don't know why you would ever bet thirty-five in this pot. I mean, if you're going to make it a bluff, you should be bluffing way more or just taking the free card. So come to think of it, this doesn't make a lot of sense. So I might have read him wrong. Maybe. But, I mean, happy one. I mean, that's always nice. Yeah, ended up with, a after time, a $455 profit. So that was really nice. All right. So my session basically is just one hand because I played a bunch of, I mean, I don't even feel like I played a bunch of hands. I just kind of missed a bunch. I mean, I was pretty much carded the whole time. Very boring. It seemed weird because, I, like, I kept seeing your stack whittled down, but I never, like, remember, like, a big hand that you lost. So, yeah, it seems like you were just kind of missing type flops. It was very much, like, kind of making, like, if I'm carded and, like, I have even low equity, I feel like, and it's it goes, like, bet, call. Sometimes I make a loose call just I mean, trying to get something going. I mean, maybe I'll get lucky and get something going other than just folding the whole session. I mean, definitely a leak, but definitely what was happening. It definitely happened. Like, when you're just so card dead and you're looking for a way to kind of make things happen, it's definitely happened to all, pretty much, not even just all of us talking this podcast, but all the poker players at some point. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I definitely was losing. Like, I was definitely down. I mean, I was 100% down on the session, but um, kind of more f- trying to force things that, I don't know I mean it was just not not working out for me but my only interesting hand was I have pocket sixes and I straddled the button I make it like a bunch of limbs I make it 21 I get five callers the flop comes a six five rainbow and I started this hand off with about two hundred and seventy five dollars so I'll give you my thought process Give me your thought process on the straddle raise. Because it seems kind of... I'm not sure I make a lot of sense. Because, okay, you straddled to $6 on the button. Mm -hmm. It loops around you with several collars. Correct? Yep. So, once this comes to me, this is a hand that... I think when you raise... How much did you raise it to? 21. So... This is not going to get a lot of folds here. I mean, it's not meant to. It's meant to hit a six and easily be able to get my stack all in for an easy call. I mean, that's... But I think you could have done that even before, right? Because, okay, let's say six. Let's say this third... I mean, let's say it was going to be about 50 50 to 60. I mean, your stack was, what, about... 170. Or, sorry, 270. I think you could do that still, right? Without... Possibly, but it was it. one of the ones where, I mean, again, trying to make anything happen. I mean, been carded the whole time. Trying yeah. to, I mean, that was very much, I mean, what I said before, definitely playing a role in this. Gotcha. So I make it 21, get five callers, so six, um, six-handed. The flop is ace, five, six, rainbow. And it checks to me, and this is like, now the thought process here was, now the pot is so big, and I only started the hand with 275, so I only have about 250 left. And I was like, well, I'm going to easily be able to get all this money in. And there's no draws. Ace is never folding, which, again, reason to bet. But 
you know, the, so I was like, well, I think I can check this and then someone will bet and I can re-raise. That was my thought to easily get the money in. And then it'll be like a no brainer call kind of thing. It was my thought in the moment. If I was deeper, I'm betting this 100% of the time. I mean, obviously. Uh, so if someone bets on the turn is what you mean. Correct. Okay. Correct. Sorry. Yes. Because I mean, I was debating betting about, I mean, I was still kind of betting not that big, like 50, 55, but that was my thought in the moment. So then I, I actually ended up checking it and the turn was a offsuit seven. So I was like, well, three, four gets there. But other than that, cause it was, or if there was a flusher, I, I bet here too. But then I was like, well, don't think it matters. And then the guy bets 35, guy leads 35. We get four callers back to me. I end up jamming for um, the rest of my sack, the $250. Goes fold, fold, one guy calls, fold. He had 8-9 for the turn gutter. Board doesn't pair and I lose. Um, but that was my thought in the hand. Because remember when we were asking, like, it seemed like such a standard bet on that flop. But once I raised, like you said, from the straddle to get my stack in, it seemed like, I mean, that was just kind of my thought process in it. Uh, I don't, I, on the pre-flop, I think I would prefer a check on that just because I think the pot's so big and pocket sixes, I will say this, either a check or something retardedly big. Like when you bet, like if you wanted to bet like 80 or something where it's now it's like someone's going to be where you're just going to take those $6 down most of the time. I didn't I, even think about that. I yeah. like that even more. If I anything I can do that's retarded, I like. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like that because once somebody, once all these people call six, well, I mean, it's going to be. 40 to $50 is still pretty big compared to your stack size. So you're taking a pretty big percentage down. And I, I don't like think they're going to have Cause like then you're more likely flipping with overs. So, I mean, the situation I was at where I'm like short stacked, I've been, you know, not, I mean, been kind of carded the whole time that might've been the better move. I mean, I kind of like that thought even better more. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind something like that. I don't like, I would, I wouldn't mind a check or something like that. I think the 21 where it just brings the pot, makes the pot bigger. And most of the time you just going to miss a six and be out of there. Uh, I would, yeah, like I say, I prefer those options. The flop, uh, I just think is, I think is a bet. And I think you looking back, obviously like forget the results oriented. Like I think looking back, you would bet that too. Oh yeah. Well, again, if I was deeper stacked a hundred percent, but it was one of those ones, like I always tell you, whenever you try to get cute, you just get smashed normally. So, I mean, I thought about, I didn't think about it. I did it, tried to get cute and just, I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. I like to say, I mean, I was, I mean, if you hit sets, especially with an ace on the board, when a lot of people I mean, probably have yeah. like ace, like a lot of random aces. Well, especially when we were talking about how everyone's calling with ace rag. I mean, it seems yeah. like you're just missing so much value there. I mean, even betting 20 again would have been better than checking. Oh, I do think it should be a small bet. Uh, I do agree with that. Uh, like, I mean, it was 20. When well, no, I was thinking 55 was what I would have bet. I mean, it was either a check or about like 50 there, so... Uh, I was thinking like probably 
30, uh, probably about a third pot. I'm, I'm not sure what that would have been at that, but I was like around third, uh, third pot would be about right for me. Uh, which right. is probably about 50. That sounds about, about right. I say it's 120 in the pot, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you can do that. I would definitely like that, but I think you would do that again as well as, as facing that. The turn, I don't mind how you play this. Like, I don't think you should get here in this situation, but once you're here in the situation, once it's 35, 35, 35. 35. <laughs> yeah, I just, you're kind of roped into no matter what, you're going to be pot stuck in this pot anyways. Uh, you're still ahead of a lot. You know, that seven's a pretty crappy card I for mean, you. Kind of one of the worst, right? But. Uh, this is just kind of where you're at. You're too strong to fold given the pot size to your stack size. I like ripping it here. I think that was the right move. Uh, so yeah. I don't mind that. Once you get there, I don't mind that move. Yeah, but that was my session. Then, you know, I was able to go stand in the rain and weep. So, well, at least, you know, you couldn't tell. Nobody could tell you were weeping because you were just, <laughs> they everybody thought it was raining. <laughs> no, they could tell. <laughs> but, yeah, well. I think on that note, I mean, shoot, it's three in the morning. I think on that note, it's time to call it, huh? <laughs> it's so time to call it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess on that note, <laughs> this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.